called uh, projection, and along uh, with scapegoating, it is a kind of universal human phenomenon. Uh, the things we fear or feel guilty about or mistrust deep within ourselves uh, are often used to transfer onto other people in one way or another. We often then see the worst qualities in those we think we disagree with. We see this in a very profound and overt way in our, our, in our politics. You know, we tend to, to see uh, the worst in those who are on the other side of the spectrum from where we perceive ourselves to be, often in primitive societies, like among certain tribes in Tanzania, for instance. You may have read, it's been in the news recently. Uh, people see other people and the world not as people really are, but almost exclusively through their projections. Uh, albinos in Tanzania are often persecuted because of some superstitious belief that they can somehow bring a curse to a village or a clan. Uh, even in ancient Israel, during the time of Jesus, eh, many people projected the cause of their fears or their anger and the perception of people different from themselves. It never seemed to occur to them that the problem could be inside. It must be outside of me. So back then, you stayed away from certain people who couldn't be trusted because they looked differently, they were of a different faith, they, they ate differently, they believed differently than, than you did. And if in the course of everyday life you had to come in direct contact with such people, you took precautions to make sure that you were never mistaken as one of them. So for the Israelites, a number of religiously loaded rituals were established in large part as a way to identify themselves. The practice of ritual hand washing before meals would be an example of this this process, a way to differentiate us from them. Jesus seems to have directly challenged this way of looking at things in several places, including in our gospel reading today. And another time he said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So this is not Jesus meek and mild, is it? And that is precisely the issue when the leaders from the theological headquarters confront Jesus leading up to this week's gospel. They have caught Jesus and his disciples not performing the proper ritual hand washing before meals. How can you and your friends possibly think of yourselves as good, God-fearing Jewish people if you don't observe the religious rules? 
you start ignoring these rules and we won't be able to recognize God's own chosen people from the rest of the riffraff around here. But Jesus pointed out that it is always easier to focus on the outside and to avoid what is going on on the inside where human beings are capable of all kinds of unloving uh, and unjust thoughts that result in actions. So all of this background matters when we get to the story of Jesus walking out on the borderlands between Israel and Canaanite country, foreign territory, where he encounters a Gentile woman, right, a non-Israelite, not one of us, but one of them, who begs Jesus to heal her demon-possessed daughter. So let's walk through this little section carefully together. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon, Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. While I was working on this text and sitting with it for the last week or so, I kept hearing the lyrics of Dylan's song, Shelter from the Storm. I'm just going to insert some of those lyrics as they echoed in my own mind. As I wrestled with this text, Dylan sang, "'Twas in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. It could be said at this point in Jesus' ministry, he was not yet well-defined. Where his ministry would reach was not yet defined. Several critical barriers are breached right from the start here. Jesus and the disciples have crossed out of the Holy Land into foreign territory. A woman presumes to speak, in fact, yell at a male Jewish rabbi in public. Several religious rules are broken here, and of course, how would she know that? She's not one of us. How would she know about the critically important faith traditions? But he did not answer her at all. The text goes on. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. She keeps shouting after us. And Dylan sang, not a word was spoke between us. There was little risk involved. Everything up to that point had been left unresolved. Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm. Come in, she said. I'll give you shelter from the storm. I think it is important to notice that the disciples are right there. So everything Jesus says and does during this interaction going forward feels like a response to their request to get rid of her. Get rid of her, Jesus. She just keeps shouting at us. They know all about these important religious 
boundaries. They know all of the rituals and the rules. And at first, Jesus, there's no getting around it. He's rude to her, at least according to our standards. He was a first century Jewish rabbi faced with a Gentile woman in foreign territory trying to speak to him in public. And he says what everyone would have expected him to say. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And we can almost hear the disciples. Damn straight, Jesus. You get that, lady? You're not part of our clan. It seems to get even worse because when the woman persists, Jesus insults her again, but she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And Dylan's saying, now there's a wall between us. Something there has been lost. I took too much for granted. I got my signals crossed. Just to think that it all began on an uneventful morn. Come in, she said. I'll give you shelter from the storm. Now, now I see James and John fist bumping each other, right? Dude, he's throwing some serious shade at this foreigner. But this woman proves herself more than a match for this kind of rejection or scapegoating. And she responds, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. At this point, everything stops. With the inner circle, the disciples, the church, feeling pretty darn good as they pull in close around their fearless leader. Jesus sees in this woman what he is always looking for. What he is looking for now in this room. Looking at you. Looking for faith. Why? This is a crucial question. Not only for Lutherans. Why is Jesus looking for faith? As a demand? As a required religious dogma? As a prerequisite to his healing presence? As evidence of worthiness? If this were the case, then Natalia's moving sermon last Sunday would have ended with Peter drowning in the sea, right? But instead, Jesus saved Peter, as he will do more than once going forward. And then he said, You of little faith, why did you doubt? In other words, Jesus looked at Peter and saw his shaky, inadequate faith. And then he reached out and saved him. But I saw a guy on TV just this morning telling a stadium full of people that if they just believe strongly enough, God can heal them, turn their finances around, 
take them to the next level. Jesus has been on a roll since his disciples told him to send this annoying, shouting Canaanite woman away. They are hanging on his every word. They're pulled in closely, and he is not disappointed. But here comes a bomb. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Everything about this response set the ears of the disciples ringing. Woman, Jesus began. Exactly. She's a woman. You shouldn't even be speaking to her. I mean, while you seem to be putting her in her place, it wasn't so bad. But this woman, great is your faith. Remember the last thing Jesus said to Peter, the rock on which he would build his church? Oh, you of little faith. What is he talking about now? Where in the world could this Canaanite woman have gotten any kind of proper faith? Do you see what is happening here? In this brief encounter with This desperate Syrophoenician woman, Jesus, rejects the projections and the scapegoating widely held among the Israelites, including his own disciples, that there is no place for foreigners to be found among God's chosen people. Jesus has taken his followers and the gospel, the good news, way out to the borderlands, the border between who's in And who's out? And there he finds someone in need just on the wrong side of that border. You and I were born on the wrong side of that same border. This woman, this foreign Canaanite woman, she fights for us. She fights for all those for whom Condemnation has been heaped upon. She fights for all those who stand between the rejected and hate. And Dylan's saying, well, I'm living in a foreign country, but I'm bound to cross the line. Beauty walks a razor's edge. Someday I'll make it mine. If I could only turn back the clock to when God and her were born, come in, she said. I'll give you shelter from the storm. This woman seems to recognize somehow a certain abundance about the things Jesus is up to. When Jesus shows up, more than 5,000 people are fed and there are 12 overflowing baskets left over where people gather around Jesus' grace, mercy, and abundance come spilling over. And I think we recognize that same abundance around here at Prince of Peace, as we are so often blessed by the ministry that we share and the boundaries we're called to cross and the message of good news that rings out from this place. We gather this morning in the presence of Christ, and you better believe Jesus is here 
And he's looking for faith. Because he demands it? No. Because he wants it for you. This precious gift. Because faith in Christ will help you see your brother in need. It will help you see your sister who is suffering. And this faith will help you find your people. It will include you and never exclude. It will give you courage and compassion and generosity. This faith will call you into untold adventures and into unlikely dilemmas. And if you just don't have it in you this morning, if you worry that what Jesus likely sees when he looks at you are your fears, your shame, your doubts, your unworthiness, Dylan sang, in a little hilltop village they gambled for my clothes. I bargained for salvation, they gave me a lethal dose. I offered up my innocence, I got repaid with scorn. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. The Canaanite woman came to Jesus on behalf of her daughter. Last week, Mark Heyer and his wife lost their daughter, Heather. They lost her to a white nationalist, racial, hatred-fueled terrorist attack perpetrated by an American citizen, not a refugee, not an illegal alien. And nearly immediately after he had lost his daughter, Mark Heyer, who did not have the opportunity to plead with Jesus to help his child. But like the Canaanite woman who had some encounter with Christ that changed his life, his heart, his outlook, his message, Mark Heyer walked out of his mobile home just after his daughter was killed to let the world know where he stands and who stands with him. My daughter was a, a strong one that had passionate opinions about the equality of everyone and she tried to stand up for that. And with her, it wasn't lip service. It was real. You know, it was something that she wanted to share with everyone. You know, and my thoughts about all of this stuff is that people need to stop hating and they need to forgive each other. You know, and I include myself in that and forgiving the guy that did this. Okay? He don't know better. You know, I just think of what the Lord said on the cross. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what to do. You know? My daughter's life She's, I'm proud of her. Proud of her for saying that. She had more courage than I did. 
she had the stubborn backbone that she thought she was right, she would stand there and defy it. When I understand her, she wanted to do it peacefully. And, you know, with a fierceness of heart, you know, they come to her conviction, you know, and I hope all of this stuff that's come out is twisted in something negative. But there comes a positive change in people's hearts. They are thinking in their understanding of their neighbor. We just need to forgive each other. You know? And I hope that's what comes out of this. Oh, how they wanted Jesus to be a nationalist, to, to be an, an a advocate, to break the bonds of the yoke of the oppressor off of the back of the chosen people of God, the people of Israel. Oh, how they wanted him to send that woman away. She keeps shouting after us, and she's not one of us. That barrier was crossed in this gospel reading. And as we follow Jesus throughout the Gospels, one after another of these walls will fall. One after another. It is, in my estimation, the very essence of his ministry to cross the borders, to get out beyond the reach of the chosen people to include others in the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. It has drawn near. And it includes you. It has always been dangerous to be a nationalist, a white supremacist, a Nazi, all of that garbage that seems to have bubbled back up in our culture. And we have to say these words out loud again. Well, we thought our children could learn about it in their history class. It was dangerous in the days of Jesus. And this morning we saw a Canaanite woman who fights for us because if Jesus doesn't cross that barrier, that boundary into the foreign territory, you and I are not here this morning. There's no compassion for us when we face our last days. There's no hope for us in our sinfulness and our brokenness. And there is no place for us to go. But those boundaries have been crossed. And Christ is always pushing us out beyond the boundaries of our clan, of our kin, of our nation, of our faith tradition, of our sexual orientation. All of it. Always pushing out beyond these boundaries. To share the good news with the one we find on the other side. So has that boundary been crossed again this morning? Christ came looking for faith, and maybe yours is strong, maybe you're inspired and you're ready to go. But maybe yours is weak, like Peter we saw last Sunday. And maybe you're not sure, and maybe you have doubts, and maybe you feel full of shame, and maybe you've got fear, and maybe you're sick, and maybe you're ill, and maybe you're not sure you're included. That boundary, all of them, have been crossed again this morning. When you held out your shaky hand, and Jesus grabbed it, 
and said, this is my body given for you, my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sin. So you leave here now, forgiven and chosen, claimed and sent. And you don't go in fear, you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.